Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Bless the Lord. Amen. It's such a great joy and a blessing to be here. Appreciate Pastor Greg and the invitation and just the opportunity. I really am blessed. Man, that was fire. Book of First Kings, chapter 17. First Kings 17. You know, in 1877, um, you read of a couple by the name of George and Sarah Clark. And they had started this great movement in Chicago. It was the, the, the Pacific, uh, I believe it was called the Pacific garden mission and it was a powerful ministry to uh, these homeless people we read of this uh, very famous evangelist by the name of uh, Billy Sunday who actually got converted there and got saved and this powerful ministry began to expand but it it so happened to be that they ran out of funds and in not having enough money they uh, fell into this trap where they're going to lose the lease on the building They had 24 hours. And I'm reading about how George and his wife Sarah started to pray about this. They decided to pray all night long, an all-night prayer. And so they prayed all night. And by the morning, the entire yard was blanketed with these rare but very, very expensive mushrooms. And so they harvested all these mushrooms I mean, they had never seen this before. Nobody in the neighborhood had ever seen mushrooms grow there or after. They sold the mushrooms and paid their lease. And I thought, oh, God, can you do that for us? (laughs) go, Go all night in prayer and then wake up in the morning and all of a sudden the money to pay your building rent or your house, or your mortgage, it's there. How many believe that we serve a God of miracles? Am I talking to a crowd that really believes that God is a God of miracles? You know, it's too late. I I thank God for that word this morning, but it's too late to tell me God doesn't work miracles, because I really do believe he does. And I want to talk to you this morning out of 1 Kings 17, verse number 2. To six. I really want us to be encouraged here, particularly those who are in God's vineyard and you're doing the work of the Lord. But look at what it says in verse number two. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. And so he went and did according to the word of the Lord, uh, for he went and dwelt by the brook 
Cherith, that is before Jordan, verse 6, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. Pause there for a moment. That's a very interesting diet, wouldn't you say? Breakfast, dinner, skip lunch. Matter of fact, a lot of people's problems would be solved if they took on this diet. (laughs) But he says, and he drank, he drank of the brook. Father, we thank you this morning for the grace of God. We are asking for a supernatural encounter. We're asking, God, that you would send the ravens, give us handfuls on purpose, bless our ministries, our churches, God, our families, and be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. God's people rejoice and shout it, amen. Now, we know that the, the, the background of this story, here's Elijah. Uh, he is about to embark on a, a prolific ministry. And uh, he prophesies, and there's a drought in the land. Pretty much like what happened all of 2020. There's a, there's a drought. And so the Bible says that God sends him to the brook Cherith. He said, there you're going to drink of the brook. Now, I, I was reading not too long ago that uh, we don't need uh, anything but water to survive for the next probably five days. You can go without food for about 30, 40 days, but water, you can survive probably up five days. In other words, in other words, God gave him exactly what he needed to sustain him and to sustain life. Have you ever had that sensation that God gave you just enough to survive? You ever ever feel that in your Christianity, that that he gave you a brook, he showed you a brook, he gave you just what you needed so that you wouldn't walk out on your spouse, he gave you just enough so that you wouldn't lose your mind, he gave you just enough that you wouldn't lose your ministry. You know, had it not been for God, had he not given me this brook, I wouldn't have made it, but he gave you just enough to survive. That's what he gave him. He gave him just enough to survive. I'm going to give you the water that you need to survive, Elijah. And he says, go to this brook, and I have commanded the ravens. Everybody say ravens. I I commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Now, God did not use any other biblical bird. He didn't use a pigeon. He didn't use a dove. He didn't use an ostrich, but he used a raven. We know that ravens are by far some of the most intelligent creatures, intelligent birds that there are. I was reading an article once that talked about a man who witnessed a raven who saw uh, some water in a container but couldn't reach it and started dropping pebbles in it until the water rose to the level that it could drink. I've read of ravens who can be taught to speak up to five sentences in the English language. Ravens are incredibly intelligent birds. These birds will steal from other birds. They will steal from mammals, even from dogs. They'll follow a pack of wolves to pick the remains. These ravens will kick rocks down at people who are climbing up for their nest. And it's no wonder to me that God picked the raven. It's interesting as I began to read through this and, and, and study the text uh, and I began to understand something about this. Uh, the, 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 what happened here in the scripture was a miracle, like what I talked about earlier. It was a miracle. It was a miracle, number one, because uh, ravens by nature are scavengers. They're like the vulture. And when a raven has something in its mouth, in its own mind and its own thinking, it thinks it's his. 
or at least for his young. Matter of fact, Jesus said in the book of Luke 24, verse 20, uh, 12, verse 24, consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, and God feedeth them. So, so folks, normally for the raven in his mind, he's carrying something that belongs to him. He's taking it for Elijah, but in his mind, naturally, the raven would have thought, this is mine, this is for me, but he couldn't touch it. He couldn't drop it. He couldn't eat it. It was outside his jurisdiction. God did not permit him to take what God had for the man of God. Oh, the Lord sent me here this morning to tell you that something is coming to you. It's coming to your family. It's coming to your ministry. Whatever God sends to you is protected. The Bible tells us in the book of, uh, 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 where am I here? In the book of Malachi, he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Is that what your scripture tells you? The word devour comes from the Hebrew root word that means uh, to burn up or to consume. And what God's saying is uh, what is coming for you will arrive. I'm going to rebuke the devourer, the thing that wants to burn it up and wants to devour and destroy and consume the very thing that God is sending into your life. Uh, he says, uh, I will rebuke this devourer that that which is coming shall reach its destination. And it so occurred to me that this was a miracle. And you got to feel the weight of what this text is showing us because what God is telling Elijah is that I can provide for you in the midst of drought. And if you've ever been through drought or had drought in your ministry or your marriage or your life or in your finances, uh, you can understand uh, what this man is feeling right now because God is going to send the ravens to your life. He commands the ravens, the Bible says. I'm going to command these ravens, or literally God's going to speak to the birds. I like to see it as God speaking bird language, you know. And, and God's talking, to, but he spoke to the birds in a language that the birds can understand. And he commands them, and he says, you will go, you will take this, and you will carry it to the man of God. And I can see the, the agitation and the frustration of the raven as he's carrying, uh, the, some of them uh, are carrying bread, others are carrying flesh, and they're, they're flying with this. This is not for me. I can't touch it. I've got to take, can you imagine having something really delicious in between your teeth, but you can't eat it? That's how you know this is a miracle for a scavenger. That, you mean I can't have it? No, you can't. It's not for you. This is for the man of God. You can't touch it. This is outside your domain. And God commands the raven. He, he commands the raven. He spoke to the raven. It's so interesting to me that a raven can hear and understand the voice of God, but man made in the image and the similitude of God 
somehow they developed a sensitivity to hear the voice of Almighty God and we struggle. And they obey. They hear and they obey. You know, ultimately what that tells me is that God is in control. Just let that settle in your hearts here this morning. God is in control. I don't care what you're going through, what has happened in your life, your past, your ministry, what you're dealing with right now. God is in control. The Bible says the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. And as the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Which means uh, it, it's like this, this raven had become like a marionette, like, like a puppet. So the, the puppeteer has the strings and he controls the puppet. The puppet doesn't control the puppeteer. The puppeteer controls the puppet and he controls the heart of the raven. I want to go here. Not nah, you're going here. I want to do that. No, you're going to do this. God is in control. Let me pause for a moment and say to you, your boss is not in control. God is in control. The immigration officer is not in control. God is in control. The governor of your state is not in control. God is in control. The president of the United States of America is not in control. God is in control. He says the king's heart is in the hands of almighty God and he turns it whithersoever he will. Folks, we don't have anything to worry about. You know, we love to stress, pull our hair out. We lose sleep. Some of you are aging rapidly because you, 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 you're just so stressed. And all the while, God was in control. See, just because you can't see it doesn't mean he's not in control. Elijah did not see the ravens coming with the bread when they were commanded of God. So please, folks, in 2020, last year, was a very interesting year, I would say. And I remember Pastor Warner had given us uh, this theme for the entire year. Not just for the conference, when he releases these themes, they're for the whole year. Something that's supposed to fester within us the whole year. And so the whole theme of last year was the God of miracles, or where is, where is the God of miracles? So actually it was a question. And God really showed me something very powerful about this because this came from the book of Judges, chapter 6. And these were the words of Gideon when he said, where be all the miracles which our fathers told us of? He's referring to the epidemic that they were experiencing. This was an economic epidemic. Because the Midianites had created a scarcity due to all the raids. So now there's a shortage. The, the people are perplexed. They are not happy. And he says, where be all of the miracles that our fathers told? You told all these stories of these miracles. Where are the miracles? And it's interesting because Pastor Warner gave us the theme of the conference in 2019. A year before the pandemic. 
He didn't know what was happening or what was going to come. And I realized something, that, that the theme of our conference and our year last year was prophetic. It was prophetic. Where is the God of miracles? And he's asking this question. And, and Gideon says, where are all these miracles that our fathers talked about? In other words, it is almost to suggest or to question God's presence in the midst of utter chaos. Where are all the miracles that our fathers told us of? We see no miracles. The Midianites, they're raiding us up. And little did he know God was preparing him for a great ministry. The whole of last year, it makes sense when you look back in hindsight, you realize that the God of miracles actually was there the whole time. You don't, just because this is a pandemic, we can't work. And now I can't make money. I can't pay my bills. It seems like, where is, where is the God of miracles? Where, where are all these miracles that the fellowship has been telling us about? And all the while, God was sending the ravens. What is up, Sermon Podcast listeners? This is Pastor Adam from the Virginia Beach Potter's House. Wanted to say thank you again for listening to this podcast. We hope that you have been enjoying the new daily podcast format. We have been doing our best to post a daily sermon, uh, either from our church or from around the fellowship. We want to ask a couple of favors of you, if you don't mind. First of all, if you are listening to this, make sure that you are subscribed. There's a lot of people who are listening to these and navigating to them. Uh, every single day, uh, but it would be better for you and a whole lot better for us if you make sure that you are subscribed so that you get daily sermons de delivered directly to your phone or your computer. Uh, the next thing I want to ask you to do is make sure that you leave us a review. We want to ask you, if you're enjoying the daily podcast, fellowship sermons from around the world, please, please go and uh, give us a rating, give us a five stars, uh, and if you enjoy this, we want to ask you to please share this. No doubt there's people in your church that would enjoy listening to a daily sermon from around the fellowship. The third big thing I want to ask you to do is I want to talk to the sound booth guy in your church. And I believe that there are some treasure trove sermons out there. We've built a platform that uh, I believe we could use for the kingdom. And no doubt that there are some of you, you know somebody who knows somebody who's got about 10,000 sermons in the sound booth that they've been sitting on. Or, or maybe you've got a sermon that you think uh, would be great to share on this sermon podcast. We want to hear from you. We want to we get our hands on those, uh, on those sermons so that we can publish them and we can get them out to the rest of our fellowship. So those are my big three requests. Uh, we want to say thank you again for listening. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Thanks a lot, guys. Folks, it was a really hard time uh, for us uh, there in Tucson. You know, we had just moved from England. And, uh, and this is why uh, it could easily fall into the category of what they call type 1 error. The type 1 error is where something is actually true but your, your concluding results are that it's not. So you can look at all the outward evidence and think that there's no way God's with us. 
But reality is God is with you. You just can't see it. And so we had a trying time. We moved from England. You know, we were there in South London, but we moved from England and we went, we moved to Tucson and I began to evangelize. And as we arrived, you know, barely six months, COVID hit. It's like, man, um, I had, I had a full calendar last year, folks. Trust me, my, my calendar was full last year. Cancellation, cancellation, cancellation after cancellation. Matter of fact, some of those guys didn't even send the bare minimum. You know, you're supposed to send that minimum. They didn't send it. I'm not, I'm not trying to shoot at anybody, but I'm just, you know, I just, it just kind of goes with what I'm trying to say, you know? Don't send me a check. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, man, I got I to gotta feed my family. I got to make ends meet. And so I'm doing odd jobs. I'm, I'm, you know, hey, I drove for Lyft. Hey, listen, I thank God for the opportunity for driving for Lyft. I have witnessed to more people in this COVID period than I have in my entire life. People breaking down in my car, weeping, asking me to pray for them. Those who have come to church. Man, I, I even said to one of the, my, I told my wife and my kids, I said, hey, if I pioneer or pastor again, I'm going to have a Lyft ministry. Yeah, I'm going to go out a couple, I, you can build a church on Lyft. God, man. But anyway, you know, so I'm doing all these odd jobs and I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm driving uh, for Lyft. Uh, you know, I'm digging ditches. I remember I'm digging ditches for a brother. He has a, a business. I'm out there with a pickaxe. at A hundred degrees. Desert heat. Folks, I lived in England for 32 years. I can work all day and night in the cold and rain. But the heat... I got sunstroke. I was so sick, man, I broke down. I said, God, I can't do this. And all of a sudden, folks, ravens started coming. Yes, sir. I got a phone call from a pastor. He said, listen, I was working on my job. I, 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 got, I got this, this, this big bonus, uh, and, uh, and, and, and God spoke to me and says, don't touch that money. It's for Peter Ajala. I'm like, what? He, he, he zells the money to me. I call my family together, my children. I said, look, someone just, just look at what they did. And their jaw, oh, oh my God. I started getting cash handshakes. Y'all know what a cash handshake is? You know, somebody come in, brother, and they shake it, and you can feel something pricking you. Like, what, what's that? You're trying to let, oh, no, no, brother, brother, brother. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's that, brother, brother, brother? The Lord just wants to bless. Cash handshakes. <laughs> oh, man, I had a brother. He shopped for our house, grocery shopping, two weeks. He did it the first time, came back, did it the second time. Dear God, our family, we're, looking, we're buying stuff that we've never, we never had that before. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm just trying to tell you all about the ravens. Because he's in a place of drought, folks. All he had was the bare necessity. But God said, I'm going to give you a little bit more than just the bare necessity. I'm going to send the ravens, and they're going to bring you flesh and bread twice a day. This was a miracle, preparing him for this great ministry that he was about to embark upon. I'll never forget, I, uh, 
a couple in our church there in Tucson, uh, the, the husband sent his wife to our house, and so she comes, she knocks at the door, you know, she comes, she opens the door, she comes in, she has a big old smile on her face, uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, she, 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 she gives us this stack of cash. So what, what's this for? Oh, my husband and I just felt, we, we just we felt moved and led, we just wanted to bless you guys. Like, what? So all this cash? And I realized the ravens. You know what my children nicknamed her? The fairy godmother. <laughs> you can ask them, they'll tell you that, you know. Another time, she takes my wife shopping to Trader Joe's. Y'all know Trader Joe's? I've probably been there once or twice in my whole life. It's like, well, hey, I can't afford Trader Joe's. They <laughs> took her to Trader Joe's and said, my husband and I are giving you several hundreds of dollars budget to shop. Now listen, folks, you do not know my wife. She could, because she can shop with no money. You know, I mean, like, okay, what I mean is she doesn't steal, right? But she can... <laughs> no, the reality is this. My wife is an expert window shopper. I mean, I can't, I don't know how women do it. I can't window shop. I read an article that said when men go shopping, there's an acid that's released in their brain. I get that acid, I'm telling you. And she goes shopping, she just enjoys being in stores, just looking at things. And it's like, but now she's got several hundreds of dollars at her possession. I'm, I'm out of town somewhere, and she's got all this cash money. And she went wild. Oh, my God. So I asked her, did you spend it all? She said, every penny of it. I was getting random deposits into my bank account. Now, folks, don't you look at me here this morning and tell me it's just a coincidence. It just, you know, no, it's not a coincidence. This was very intentional. It was very deliberate. God was in this because he sent the ravens. I got a phone call. I mean, I, there are several others, but let me just give you one more. I got a phone call from a brother in our church there in Tucson. He was on his job, and he called me. He said, brother, are you home right now? I said, yeah, I'm home. What's up? He says, no. He says, listen, and then he starts telling me what happened. He says, yeah, this number, this figure came into my head, he said. He said he checked one of his accounts. He said the exact amount was there, and he, God said to him, go and give it to Peter Ajala. He jumped in his car, and he drove to my house, and he put this huge, oh, good God Almighty. And I couldn't help but think about this scripture where the Bible says that Elijah was in this place, this drought, this condition. Let me give you three things and I'm going to close. Number one, we can see that the importance of location really does matter. In this text, God says it's a specific direction. He says you go eastward, number one, to the brook Cherith, number two, and he says before Jordan. God is being very specific. See, many people put themselves in a place where God did not instruct them to. 
And they're so frustrated over why nothing's happening. He says, I want you to go to a specific place. And that's where I want you to wait till the ravens come. Wasn't it Elimelech who took his wife, Naomi, and their two kids, and they left Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to the land of the Moabites because of the famine? He's running from something, thinking he's running to something that's going to bless them. But in return, he loses his life. Both his kids die and his wife is widowed. She is left alone. And there she is with nothing going back bitter. And what you're looking at is a man who took his family out of the will of God, uh, even though uh, he might in his mind and his senses uh, and rationale and his reasoning, uh, logical reasoning, looked at the situation and said, I got to get my family out of here. But God was there, even though he didn't see it. This is the reason why the seed that was sown by the wayside in Matthew 13 didn't amount to anything because it was not in the right location. See, for, for Elijah, the location had to do with a geographical place. I want you to move here near the brook Cherith, beyond, before Jordan, there's a specific place. You're going eastward. I want you to go there. It's geographical. Are we in the right geographical location? But for others, it might be mental. Mentally, you're not in the right place. Others, emotionally, you're not in the right place. Others, spiritually, you're not in the right place. And God says, I'm trying to bless the ministry, your house, your family, your church, but you're not in the right place. He stresses the importance of location. He says, there I have commanded the ravens to feed thee. There. Nowhere else, folks. Well, I, I came over here. I did everything God told me. But, yeah, but you're not in the right place. He says, that's where I commanded the ravens to go. I didn't command them. I'm not going to turn the ravens to go where you are. This is where if you want to be blessed, you got to come here. If you want the growth, you got to come here. If you want the favor, you got to come here. If you want your ministry to expand, you got to come here. If you want to see God's favor, you got to move here. He says, there have I commanded the ravens to feed thee. The second thing that you notice here is that God tells him to hide himself. Can I just say, folks, that people don't always need to know where you're at? You know, the moment something happens, we have to tell the whole world about it. Listen, if you just keep it to yourself, you give God room to work. You give God room to prove to you who he is. I know ultimately God can send people to bail us out of situations, but then the credit goes to those people. See, it's amazing and fascinating when nobody knows what you're dealing with and all of a sudden God comes through for you. You know without a shadow of a doubt it is God. You can't argue with that. And the problem is uh, that, that people want everyone to know. Here is Elisha. He commands the woman who was a widow, uh, who had nothing. The creditors had come to, to take her sons and make them slaves. Uh, and when he gives her instruction, uh, you notice what he tells her to do? He says, shut the door on thee and thy sons. In other words, there are some things that are for your eyes only. 
God's going to do them behind closed doors. I am going to bring the blessing. See, there's some things God cannot bring to you because you're with everybody else. God had to tell Elijah, you got to separate yourself. You got to go to the specific place. I'm going to work a miracle for you there. I am going to separate you from everything that is familiar to you so that I can work in your life. And here in the scripture, we find the example. Elijah is in this hidden place where God can move for him. One more thing. And that is we have to be open to God's unorthodox methodology. You know, folks, it's, 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 it's not the most attractive option to take something from the mouth of someone else. I got something for you. And then they open their mouth and... <laughs> I mean, why did God have to send ravens for crying out loud? Couldn't he have sent one of the 7,000 others that didn't bow their knee to Baal or one of the sons of the prophets? But he, he chose these black birds. Right? These, these black Blackbirds. <laughs> yeah. And these birds come and they spit the food out twice a day. Now, folks, come on. You need know, you know, to talk to me like, hey, listen, I understand you wanted to bless me, but you just spat on me. It's like, why is God doing this? Why do you have to do it this way? See, God moves in very unique ways so that we know that it's him. See, it's bizarre at times the way that God does his things. But let me tell you, folks, rest assured, God is at work. The most powerful aspect about this narrative and the story here in the text is the fact that when God was instructing Elijah, he had already spoken to the birds. He says, I have commanded the birds, the ravens, to feed you there. You're not there yet, but I've already commanded the ravens. So the ravens are coming. But you got to get there. You got to get to that location. Folks, the ravens are coming for every one of you. It's all about getting to your brook. Get to your chariot. Get to that be before Jordan. God is sending you, but he has sent the ravens ahead, and I've already instructed them. You just got to get yourself to that place. And if we will get there, folks, we can see what we've dreamed for, what we believed God for, that the earth will experience the mighty move of God. I believe that we're living in the last days. And just as this man was getting ready for the greatest miracle and greatest ministry that he had ever experienced in all his life before he was raptured, the Bible says he was taken by a chariot of fire in heaven. That's a picture of the rapture. And we thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. 
If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vvph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.